greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning. Glad to see everyone here. Glad to see the visitors. And some of them are frequent visitors, and that's a blessing to see you here. Some of you haven't been here very often. Glad to have you here, too. Well, we're here to worship the Lord and uh, look into his word and see how we can be encouraged this morning. <clears throat> well, you know, we had a blessed week. Walking with the Lord's always a blessed week. That was a tremendous privilege we had this weekend. Also, an extra privilege to get to go up there to Jeremy's there on Wednesday, I think it was, and help uh, experience brotherhood. That was very enjoyable. And to get to work with other people that love the Lord, that was appreciated. Uh, it was a real blessing. And I know many of you wanted to be there and couldn't be. So I understand if you couldn't be there because uh, certain things still have to carry on and have to go on. And so don't always, you don't always get to go when you want to. And I totally understand that. But God bless you, each one that could come and did come. That was a good time of, of brotherhood. <clears throat> well, let's see, we're here to worship the Lord. It's a tremendous privilege we have. And, uh, and so we want to think what God has for us this morning. And I wondered how you'd be, what if you could just do whatever you wanted to do? For the, for, the, for the bulk of your life. just You could party, you could drink, you could run around, you could do whatever your selfish pleasure wanted to do, but the last 10 years of your life, you had to live in a dirty, deplorable old home, and you had to live in there with all that comes in a home like that. How would you feel? Or what if you had the option of living another way? You could be a servant for Jesus. You could love righteousness. You could have him in your heart. And you know what? You might be turning the world upside down. You might be looking at it as an eyeball. And the last 10 years, you got to live in the most beautiful mansion and that you ever could dream of. Now that sounds like, hmm, that's, that's easy to figure out, wouldn't it be? But that's actually the choices that man make today. Is along that line. But now we, we're thinking about, we said last 10 years of our life, and to me even that would be an easy choice. Because 10 years in a deplorable, dirty home, I think most of us would despise. <clears throat> we would hate that. That does not compare with the place of the damned. That doesn't even compare with the place of the damned. And neither does the nicest house that has the most pleasure and most things. I mean, of course, you know, it'd have air conditioning for summer, heating for winter, nice chairs, beautiful surround, good food. That doesn't even compare to heaven. Because you know what? You still have neighbors. <laughs> you have neighbors. And some of them are going to be like neighbors are. See, heaven is a place that we can't hardly fathom. And more than just 10 years, it's forever and ever. Either place. There's only two destinies. And, you know, I know some people think there's a middle ground, but I'll tell you, the Bible doesn't say that. There's either two places, and they're going to be forever and ever. And I'm glad they are. I'm glad heaven doesn't quit. It's forever and ever. <clears throat> but, you know, we live in a land, America's fairly affluent. I think when other people look down, uh, around and look at America, they call it the American dream. And I'm not sure what that all is. Other than I know it should be a Christian dream. And it's kind of leaving that pathway. You know, in the American dream, 
you can get pretty comfortable here in this uh, life. Uh, you know, if we have needs, you know, we get, it's, fathom, it's just almost unfathomable how comfortable we can get. I mean, I'll tell you, 50 years ago, they didn't, they didn't even comprehend electric windows and air conditioning cars. Only the rich could even think of it. Well, I guess we're most all rich because, you know, we have air conditioning in our cars. We have electric windows. Some even even have heated seats nowadays. I mean, you know, as if it's a chilling experience to jump in your car and uh, cool down for a few minutes in the wintertime. And uh, so, you know, and you know what the, really the fact is? We basically have probably all of our needs and most of our wants. We probably do. We probably do. And so this longing for a better place has kind of left the American mind, mindset. It has. It's, it's kind of left a Christian mindset some too. Because we have it so good, well, how can it get uh, much better? Well, let me tell you, in Bible times, they didn't think that way. And I really wonder if the American lifestyle hadn't encroached for our, our commitment of serving Jesus and our longing for heaven, I wonder. I'm not saying for you, but I just wonder. I had to think myself, you know, I enjoy life down here. If, 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 and if it, what happens in my life, I don't enjoy. If I can change it, I'll change it. You know, <laughs> I'm sort of that way. Well, there's a place of bliss that's come, that we can have. And I know we are uh, reward-oriented, and that's not bad. I'm telling you, you know, it's amazing what children do if you tell them, you know, if, if you work and do this and this, and then you get to do and you let them pick out what they like. If they want to go fishing, they can go fishing all evening. And they'll work pretty good for hours, maybe even all day if you're fortunate. And uh, we're, we're kind of reward-oriented, and that's good. So are we as Christians. You know, really, if there wouldn't be any reward at the end of the journey, what would you do in the journey? Really? In other words, if you died like a dog or a cat, you know, what would you do? Well, we know that we don't die that way. We, we have uh, souls that are going to live forever. And we, so we're making choices that determine that. I want to look at a few verses here this morning. Hebrews 11, verse 16. Hebrews 11, verse 16. Mm. And now they desired a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called, excuse me, their God, and he hath prepared for them a city. There's a number of things here it says. So that, that was, okay, this is coming in the chapter of what we call the faith chapter, and it's actually the works chapter, because it all talks all kinds about how faith worked out. If it didn't work out, it wouldn't have been faith. So it was faith that worked. And, and so and it listed a lot of people that were living by faith. And they desired a better country. They were not content with the American dream or the Egyptian dream or the Jewish dream. They desired a better country and they wanted it badly. They were not content in this country. And it was a heavenly country. And they lived in such a lifestyle that they claim God as their father and their father claimed them as their children. Now, to think about that, you know, and God was not ashamed to be called their God. They were amazing Christians. They were amazing Christians. And you know what? 
God bless each one of us. We can be amazing Christians, okay? I want to put that out there. You know, there's, uh, there's that bracket there of people that live by faith and they walk for the Lord and they follow the Lord. And God is not ashamed to be called their God. That thrilled me when I thought about that. To realize your Father in heaven can be thrilled by the way you live. But you can't live just any way. You, you follow Jesus. You obey Him. You do His biddings. And then He said, you know what? You know, those people, they might need an incentive. You know what I mean? Now, this isn't a sweet tooth thing, because when I was a boy, you, you, if you fed us candy, some of us really, we could really work, you know, for a treat like that. Way better than candy. Way better than candy. This is it. And he hath prepared, prepared for them a city. What a blessing. Now let's jump back to verse 10 and then 13 to 16 and see a little bit more what he's talking about here where it says, And for he, and for he looked, this is Abraham, that went out of a, a heathen country, and he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Wow. Um, so amazing. And... Uh, so they had a longing. They're looking for a city. I tell you, friends, I've, the more we long for this city and the more we realize what is in that city, the more we realize the only ones that are going to make it to that beautiful place, wonderful place, the more we thank God for what he's made for us. And the war we willingly serve him, whose builder and maker is God. They're longing for the city. Now, cutting into verse 13, he said, These all died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded by them and embraced him and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Okay, they, he plainly said, since these people are, are going to be strangers and pilgrims here, they're, these people live a different lifestyle. People that are going to heaven live as strangers and pilgrims here. They, in other words, they pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Remember that song? If you don't, I wish you could have been here. You would remember then. It was the other Sunday night, what, about a month ago. They pledge allegiance to the Lamb. These people aren't pledge allegiance to the flag. They're looking for another country. And it means everything to them. No wonder it says in Philippians 3 verse 20, Philippians 3 verse 20, for our conversation, that means our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our first loyalty, our main citizenship. You have dual citizenship, but the one don't mean near as much as the first one does it. Not to a Christian, because our first loyalty and citizenship is in heaven. And when that is in heaven, that makes for a unique person. They're, they're the strangers and pilgrims. And I get the idea that they didn't look around. I want to be strange. I want to be weird. Okay, there's the world, and they do this, and I just got to be different than them. No, they are naturally different because they're sold out for Jesus. See, they have a heart that loves the Lord. They read the Word of God. They read those promises, they're persuaded, and they embrace them in their heart. They, they, they live by the word of God, and they confessed, they were willing to say, look, these, this politics in this world, you know what? I care very little about. You know, I get around people, and I'm sure you do too, and one of the biggest things that disturb people nowadays is what's going on in this world in politics. 
You know, it's all about politics. This, so-and-so is doing this. You know, Putin's doing this. Biden's doing this. And you're all this. And oh, it's a terrible. Friends, this, these people, their citizenship is in heaven, and they don't get riled up by earthly politics. Amen? They do not. I tell you, friends, that'll make you a stranger and pilgrim real quick. Not to get, because the average worldly person uh, that has their citizenship only in the United States, they get riled up about these things. I praise God, we don't have to be. We can be calmed down and settled down because our citizenship is in heaven. And guess what? Everything is peaceful and stable there. And his children are. See, nothing has changed. Just, a, just the environment down here has changed. But nothing in the Word of God has changed. Nothing in our spiritual life needed to change. Uh, maybe it needs to change. Maybe we need to depend on the Lord. Maybe we need to get our ear out of the, of the uh, worldly politics and more on the ear to heavenly politics. Yeah, that could change. Maybe that could improve in our, our lives. But this is the kind of people they are. They're, they're foreigners. They're foreigners down here. Have you ever met a foreigner? They're foreigners. A stranger in a pilgrim is a foreigner. You know what a foreigner is? He's weird. Strange in his country. You can tell a foreigner when you see him. You can tell him when you talk to him. They, they, don't, they don't know how to fit in. Amazing. Amazing. You as Christians, us that are following Jesus, we're foreigners here. I love that thought. Then I have to wonder, is my practice that way? Is my lifestyle that way? I'm a foreigner here. I'm alien from the, the um, society. I'm going to be alien from their drive of life, their pleasure orientedness, their money, their love for money. I'm not going to do that. I don't have to have all the creature uh, comforts that come down the tube but just that, uh, for flesh to desire. I don't have to do that. You know what? You're a foreigner here. And you get to live and worship with a bunch of foreigners. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. I don't know why. That just thrilled me to think about that. What a blessing. So this place that he has promised, they're strangers and pilgrims, as it says. Verse 14. For they that say such things declare plainly, they seek a country. And, and I like the New King James on that there. For they... For those who say such things, declare uh, plainly that they seek a homeland. That's their homeland. You know, people back here know if you're born and raised in Highland County. Some of us weren't. We're just, <laughs> right, yeah, I see some people not here. If you're born and raised, you're a true Highland Countyite. Well, I've been here uh, 17 years. I'm not a Highland County, yes, I am. I'm a Highland Countyite, but I wasn't born and raised here. I know that for sure. Hey. As Christians, we all have the same homeland that makes us brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have a lot of camaraderie, just like Highland Countyites do too. <laughs> they sure do. But this is more precious because this homeland is forever. And it's for everyone. It's not exclusive. <laughs> In other words, if you weren't born here, you can't become a Highland Countyite to that degree. Friends, if you're a Christian, you're born into Jesus' family. And guess what? You're there. That's your homeland. There's where you're a citizen of. That's where you love to be. And that's where your focus is. Yes. Wow. That's your homeland. And every Christian, other Christian, wherever they come from, where they, uh, wherever they may live, wherever they come from, guess what? 
they fit in. They fit in. They're part of this band. 15. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out of, they would have had an opportunity to return. To return. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly country. So if they were mindful, if they were willing, if they were wayward, they could have went back to their old ways. Abraham could have. Some Christians do. But we don't want to be that way because we have our citizenship in heaven. Uh, we love our homeland. We enjoy being foreigners here. We love it here. We pledge allegiance to the Lamb. And we're glad we can. We're glad we can be His children even though we don't deserve it. John 14 speaks a little bit more of this place. Now Jesus said at the end of his uh, physical walk on this earth, we got to remember, he said this toward, at the end of his journey. And he was saying important things. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And I think he would say that to every Christian here this morning. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me. I'm still solid. I'm still consistent. I still rule the earth. Everything's in my control. And if things get bad, Jesus never said it never would get bad. That's part of tribulation, isn't it? That's part of the testing that we're in. And he said, you look to me, and you know what? You're going to shine like a foreigner. You're going to shine like a foreigner for Jesus. For Jesus, though. Not just to be a stranger, but for Jesus. Yes. And then he goes on to say, you know, how, how are you going to not be troubled? i tell you what. There's a big key to this. Think about eternity. That's what he's saying. Look, it's just a short life you're living here. You know, you might think 80 or 90 years, especially 100 is a long time. He said, look, you need to think about hereafter. That's, that's all this little time is here, is a testing ground for hereafter. That's all it is. That's all it is. Yes, he said, so in my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am you may be also. Beautiful verses. Lovely verses. My father's, in my father's house are many mansions. <clears throat> and it, it, I understand it means room, rooms. I mean, staying a residence. There are many places there to go. And he said, I will come back. I will that you can be with me. And I tell you, that's a claim. He went back. He's in heaven. And we know he's in, uh, in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And what a tremendous blessing. But I believe that being that Jesus being our Savior and Redeemer and Best friend is almost a belittling comment because we say so-and-so is my best friend, but our best friend's going to do so much for us. Jesus can do everything for a saint. He's more than a best friend. He is enable, enables us to overcome and to be faithful and to have sustaining grace all the time. So he, he's undescribable. But I truly believe... For the true saint of God, 
that being in the presence of Jesus is the most important thing about heaven. Walking on streets of gold might thrill you, but what the deal? I mean, you know, if you walked on there and you was a place of torment, otherwise, or you lived in a, an old wretched home, no. Uh, and and I, I like beautiful things. And I think, I really believe that heaven is beyond man's description. I truly believe it. That's why they use man's words, but they can't do it. They can't really describe it well. But the most uh, important aspect, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, says, We are confident, and I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Being present with Jesus means everything. You know, having, knowing a personal friend that you can see is, is great. It, it wouldn't be terrible not to have a personal friend, any personal friends. But the wonderful thing is, irregardless of how many earthly friends you have, we can have a sustaining presence in Jesus. And if you walk with Jesus, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you realize how needy you are on Jesus, how much you depend on Jesus. The more you realize that. It just, and how, and how important he is and how appreciated you are of him. Even in, uh, in uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer where it says in John 17, 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou hast loved me before the foundations of the earth. I tell you, when you walk with Jesus, you know that your highest joy is going to be with Jesus in eternity. There's nothing that's going to compare with a, a, a man, a, a person of God that has faithfully walked with Jesus and they get to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. I think it's, that is tops on the list. This is the culmination of eternal life. You know, we say we want eternal life. We have to have eternal life started here. When we accept Jesus, we ask Jesus to forgive us our sins. We have eternal life residing in us now. But the culmination of eternal life is heaven. And if you miss that, we've missed everything. We've missed everything. You know, when we follow Jesus, we realize he's our savior. And nobody else can redeem us from our sinful condition but Jesus. And so we adore him. We'll do anything to please him. And when we do that, when we do anything to please him, I tell you, that makes heaven everything. I just want, that makes it everything. I know people say, and I understand the feeling. Because I have a few loved ones there myself. You probably do too. But I'm telling you, as much as I care about those loved ones and I'm confident they're there, I'm looking way more forward to seeing Jesus than anybody else. Way more forward. Look, uh, and yet I'm looking forward to seeing my loved ones too. But that's, that's the, well down the list. No wonder Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Ever, not short term here, like it is here. It's short term and in heaven, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wow, that's it's almost unreal to fathom. I tell you, it makes the longing go way up. 
Mr. Standfast, one of the greatest characters of John Bunyan in uh, Pilgrim's Progress, said the words as he was dying, I am now going to see that head that was crowned with thorns and see the face that was spit on for me. I have formerly lived by hearsay and faith, and now I'll go where I shall live by sight and shall be with him in those whose company I delight myself. I hope that's what you can say in your own heart. Wow, an anticipation for heaven. Anticipation for heaven. The psalmist said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What amazing. So the Lord is anxious for his children to come home. Why? Because they've been faithful to him. They followed him. They walked with him. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And it's, a, it's an amazing place. Here, we walk by faith. And sometimes our faith is kind of weak. And sometimes it gets challenged. And yet to realize that at the end of the journey, if I stay faithful, if we stay faithful, it's going to be a place of bliss and undescribable bliss. The songwriter wrote in a song, the course went, I am bound for that beautiful city. My Savior has prepared for his own, where all the redeemed of all ages sing glory around the white throne. Sometimes I grow homesick for heaven, and the glories I there shall behold. What a joy there will be when my Savior I see in that beautiful city of gold. Wow, what a wonderful opportunity. What a tremendous blessing to think that we can go there. As human as we are, that, that, that God is making, God is making that city. And you don't have to think, you know, God made this earth. And it has beautiful spots on it. It really does. And Highland County is one of them. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other ones too. And it has a beautiful spot. And to realize that he made this earth, but we live on a fallen earth. We live on a fallen earth, actually. As beautiful as it is, in a beautiful spot, we live on a fallen earth. But here, there, God is going to make a city. And I tell you, it's not going to be a fallen city. There will be no sin, nothing decrepit, no, no deterioration, no deterioration. No one to say, well, they're just human. <clears throat> You know, they let me down. There'll be no sin. There'll even be no hankering for sin. Now, that'll be amazing. You know, that's amazing. Let's well, just beyond our comprehension. No wonder it says in Luke 10, verse 20. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto thee, but re rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And I'll tell you what, that is true. I don't know how much rejoicing you're doing. But if you're a Christian and you're walking with the Lord and you know you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you know you're being faithful to Him, you have something worth rejoicing about. And we might as well start it down here because we're going to do a lot over there. But He didn't say we need to wait over there to start. I really believe we should rejoice if you know that God is walking with you and you're walking with Him. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven to realize, to think there's a ledger there. And your name can be on that ledger because your names are written in heaven. Wow, God really cares about us. It's a privilege to be a citizen of heaven. 
Not just everybody is. Everybody can be. God wants everybody to be a citizen there. But if I understand the book right, there's only a remnant that has their name written there that are citizens there. And so we can be loyal. But you know, it's such a privilege just to know that our names are written in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. And then, and then we have citizenship there because we're ambassadors of heaven in this life. What a blessing, a longing for heaven. All spiritual battles over. All spiritual battles over. Amen. Amen. I tell you to realize that, you know, the wars of last week, and we were in a battle. And the, 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 all those torments, all those temptations, all those struggles are going to be over. All those temptations for a bad attitude. All those temptations to do things that you know you shouldn't do. Battles are over. There's going to be rest there. Peaceful rest. But only overcomers will be in that place. The ones, and uh, I'd like to read Revelations 12. Talks about this a little bit. Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11. And I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of Jesus Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And that's what he's doing right now. He is accusing us before God. And we know a little bit, just a little bit of the story when we read Job, when we know that the devil comes there. Now, can I tempt that saint? I tell you, you put that hedge around him or her, and you know they won't make it if I tempt them there. And God says, look, only if I allow you. I'm glad he's restricted, but he's going to be cast down someday. And guess what? If he isn't cast down by the time you die, because if, if, if the Lord tarries, he's going to be accusing you as long as you live. He's going to be cast down in eternity. God and Jesus overrules. And they overcome, that's Christians, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. Does that ring any bells to you faithful ones here at McDowell? We just had a Bible conference on that. Praise God. That these saints realized how much they needed forgiveness from Jesus. So the blood of Jesus means everything to him. They were overcomers, not because they lived a perfect life, but because they were forgiven by Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. I thank God for that. What a tremendous blessing. And, and, by, and, they, and so they had the outcropping of a blessed life in Jesus. They, they talked about Jesus. They, had, they, they down here, they were spokesmen for Jesus. And they were willing to be like Paul, like Jesus, number one, and like Paul and most of the apostles that died for Jesus. They were willing to say, look, if they come in and say, look, you need to give up the faith. You need, you need to stop worshiping on Sunday. You know, you just, we're not going to let you worship on Sunday. They'd say, no, I'm going to be faithful unto death because faithful unto death is to receive the crown of life. And they, they knew that. They realized that. So they lived that way. They were blessed by that.
Yes. No wonder it says in Revelation 2, verse 10b, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. That's, that's where it is. Everything. Yes. Overcomers. They were overcome. They were overcome in temptation. They lived in victory. They lived in a constant walk with the Lord. Overcomers. And sometimes I wonder, does God look down in my life and our lives and say, that's an overcomer. They've availed themselves to the grace of God. And when they were tempted, yes, and all those temptations were screened by God before we ever got them. There was nothing ever come upon your life that was not screened by God before you ever got it. And he said, you know, they what? They looked to me. They followed me. They were obedient to my calling. Yes, they were true to God. Overcomers. Revelation 21 verse 7 speaks to this where it says, And he who overcomes and he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be as God, and they shall be my son. They'll be my children. Wow, what a blessing for overcoming. It's a tremendous joy to live an overcoming life. But there's so much war here. I mean, being an overcomer means you battle. Now, if you're floating upstream, God bless you, but you're probably not. In other words, if, if there isn't tension... If there isn't a spiritual tension between us and the, and the world and the wiles of the devil and the earthly, fleshly pleasures, then we need to realize there's a battle here. And I'm, and I'm going to be fighting with Jesus. Uh, you know, he's my Savior. He's my Lord. And I want to be faithful to him. Wow. Praise God. Every saint can be an overcomer of their temptations. Those get to walk with Jesus forever and ever. They get to live with Jesus forever and ever. The ones that couldn't find the grace of God sufficient in their life and were well and chronically defeated are not going to be in heaven. And that's a serious thing. But praise God, the better option is to walk with Jesus, avail ourselves to his grace and power, look to him, pray to him, and have the victory. Heaven is at stake in your war, spiritual warfare. Heaven and eternity is at stake. But I'm telling you, friends, there's a lot of giving up in this life, but heaven will surely be worth it all. I know it's a song, but it's very true. Heaven will surely be worth it all. What a tremendous blessing. No wonder it says that there's going to be a people that view this life different. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 where it says, And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in there. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so we got to realize when we say, look, I, I, I want to serve Jesus all the time. I want to be faithful to him for his glory. I want to live for him. I want to I live as a foreigner here. I want to be a stranger and a pilgrim because of my allegiances to another country. Yeah, you have to give up sensual pleasures. You have to give up earthly delights. You have to give up some creature comforts. But anything you will give up for Jesus is going to seem real small in eternity. I want to encourage you. Anything you give up for Jesus is going to look real small in eternity. When you're in heaven, you'll say, thank you, Jesus, for helping me overcome 
like to read a few verses in the, uh, the end of the, the book. Revelation 22. <clears throat> Revelation 22, verses 1 to 5. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and from the Lamb. And in the midst of this of his streets and on either side of the river was a tree of life and bore 12 fruits each yielding each tree yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and the lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him and we shall see his face and his name shall be on our foreheads and there shall be no night there and no need for a lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. And I tell you, it's hard to fathom how beautiful and wonderful this place will be. I am glad there's no darkness in heaven because darkness is more than when you can't see and you, can't, you don't know what's going on and you start wondering what's going on all around you. Darkness is a representation of the works of evil. And it's always been when it's magnified. You know, you know, people, people. The, the magnification of evil goes way up at nighttime. Here, there's no light bill, but it's going to always be light because it's going to be pure. It's going to be holy. And you know, that's why we want to live uh, this life in a pure and holy way because, because there's going to be pureness and holiness there. Heaven... When we go to heaven, it's going to be a continuation of our holy and pure life. I tell you, to realize that we, even though we're battling and warring, we have the word, we have Jesus, we have brotherhood to help us, and yet we get attacked, and sometimes we give in. But let me tell you, a person that lives an overcoming life, there's going to be rest in heaven. There's going to be pure bliss, purity, holiness, and serving the Lord, and you're going to be with the one that means the most to you forever and ever and ever. Victory at last. That's what it's going to be. I think we're going to be claiming the victory at last. Rest for the soul. Yes, a city of pure light. We can glow in the light of God. God bless you as you serve him and anticipate that wonderful city called heaven. Shall we have a closing song? There's a city